everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm here today with Bren. I forgot to say my own name. I'm Doug. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So what's up, Bren? How's it going, man? Uh, I figure if the listeners don't know who you are by this point, they're not good listeners. (laughs) True. But I mean, I do encourage people to just hop in whenever this isn't a show where you need to pretty much follow every episode. We don't have a chronological storyline going throughout. Oh, nothing. If anything, we're probably the most random podcast available, if you ask me. <laughs> I think my employment history is the only thing that is uh, chronological. Oh, true. Yeah, you'll, that makes sense. You'll jump around between episodes and it's like, hey, I got a job. Hey, I lost a job. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows, we might have like hosts disappear like Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that happens. <laughs> I've successfully murdered him and Taking over his place. Exactly. Just to fill in the listeners, uh, on the first episode, we initially had four hosts, uh, myself, AJ, Matt, and Joe. And if you didn't l- listen to the first episode, you're probably thinking, who the hell is Joe? And that is but- a good question, because <laughs> no one really knows anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's the thing. I, I, initially, when I had the idea for the podcast, I was like, I know who I want to be involved. I hit him up. He said he was interested. We recorded the first episode. But then, literally, ever since, he literally fell off the face of the earth. And I hope everything's well. I, I tried contacting him in every way, shape, or form. I think just life happened, so I'm not holding anything against him. And don't. And if anything serious did happen, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, God, why aren't you giving your time to the podcast? Who the fuck cares, really? But <laughs> but in all reality, it's just, it's it sucks that um, he was unable to continue. But hopefully I hear from the guy. I mean, I call him, I text him, I send e- emails and stuff, but no luck. So I'm really eager to see what went down in his life. I mean, if a car breaks down, if you lose your job, you get kicked out on the street, it sucks. But committing to a podcast, that's sacred. You gotta, <laughs> that's serious. Yeah, dude. So many podcasts, as soon as they set out to do it, they, they ride it out for hundreds of episodes because they know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a life commitment. It's marriage, <laughs> podcast, where you're buried. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but um, that's what I mean, though. That, so I'm not in the even remotely upset with the fact that he couldn't continue. But it's it's a shame, is the way I look at it. But oh well, life goes on. The podcast goes on. Hopefully, it'd be really cool to talk talk about random. It'd just be cool to have him come back on an episode and fill us in. But we'll see. I would love for the whole podcast to start and like 15 minutes into it, he says something and everyone just goes, Oh, who the hell are you? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's been exactly. sitting in the back of one of our rooms this whole time. Yeah. He's actually on every episode. He's just a shy guy. <laughs> How you doing over there, Joe? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty good back here. <laughs> Literally. But, uh, all right. Enough, uh, Joe. Uh, hopefully he comes back. But, yeah. uh, so some weird shit's been going on and stuff like, did you see? Oh, well, actually, I saved the best news, so I'm not even going to jump into that. So, where should I start? Um, Bethesda's apparently going to be hosting their own press conference for E3 for the first time this year. That's pretty exciting. I feel like they deserve it. They have a lot of, uh, pretty classic games. I mean, it's, I'm definitely interested, but Bethesda's still one of the developers that hasn't betrayed my trust, like many of them have over the years. Not necessarily, because, I don't know. It depends. Uh, with, with the Elder Scrolls series, I wouldn't say they really fucked up necessarily at all. Um, Fallout, I only played briefly and I, everyone loves that, that series. But, um, what, there were a bunch of just random titles that I feel like could have been fails, but I just didn't really pay attention. Yeah, I guess I should say I, I just haven't played the shitty ones if there are 
them. I just, I'm just not aware of them. But I have, um, New Vegas on my computer and I got all the DLC with it real cheap. Uh, awesome. But I made the mistake of it's like, uh, you're about to embark on the DLC. Make sure you're a minimum level of like 14. And I was like, eh, I'm level 16. I can handle it. And I get there and like the first enemy is like level 22. I'm just like, fuck. So I, uh, bl- I blew through like all my armor, all my weapons, and I'm just stuck there. So I'm, if I want to play again, I'll probably have to restart. Oh God. Well, dude, honestly, this is, I decided, oh, well, it's time to revisit Dark Souls 2 because I was on the very verge of beating the game. I'm like, I have a badass character and I, well, I was like a level 138 or something when I logged in. I'm like, all right, I gotta be close to beating this fucking game. And I took out a tons of, of the bosses. But at this point, when I log in, I literally forget where I left off and I have no idea where to go or who to kill. So it's going to just be a, a couple hours spent just like trekking through the world being like, okay, getting re-familiarized with this, like this, uh, this fucking shithole of <laughs> all these terrifying monsters and shit. But I mean, at least the majority of the work's done, but it's just a pain in the ass that I'm going to have to figure out, uh, what to tackle next. Cause I have no idea. I, I don't recommend taking a long hiatus from a game like that. <laughs> yeah. I was, um, with a game like that though, some areas the enemies will disappear if you've killed them enough. That way you can't just grind in one area over and over and over again. Yeah, in fact, that was actually something that upset me initially because <laughs> I'm the bastard that'll just like give me experience. I'll grind all fucking day, and <laughs> because like I'm just I don't know, it just it gives me some kind of weird satisfaction. And I think in the earlier either Demon Souls or Dark Souls one, you were capable to do of doing that. And yeah, when this one came out, it was like, oh, I, I started like farming souls like immediately. And then like maybe 10 times later, the, the, the enemies just stopped respawning. It was like punishing me. I was like, no. Yeah. It's, uh, a way to force you to move on through the game and to face those much harder, much scarier enemies. Exactly. And that's, yeah. That's the thing. I'm, I'm a bitch though, and I'd love to just be able to farm up that experience and then go to those ultra badass monsters and be like, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> With games like that, it's not about like not being scared or being brave enough to go into the next level. It's just like, I'm gonna die. Like, let me just see how far I can throw my, uh, useless corpse into this new area before I'm ripped apart by monsters. Literally, it's more or less, let me learn the moves this boss can do to kill me, and then <laughs> each time you die a different way, you learn, okay, I gotta avoid that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But that reminds me of, uh, I played a game, Magica? It's like Magica, there's a K in there. But it's um, one of those games that kind of focuses on co-op. You can play with like four guys, you're a wizard, and you got think eight different spells and combine them into a bunch of different combinations so if you okay. mix uh frost and water you get ice so you shoot like icicles oh and nice if you mix like arcane magic with uh i think shield you lay down like mines so if an enemy walks over to explode and you can go up to like five different combinations per spell so it's really crazy and you can get really elaborate with them but i played that f- i think for one of the free weekends they had it for steam so i tried to just power through it in the weekends and if I looked up the walkthrough, I think I got almost all the way through. I think I might be two levels away from the end. Okay. And uh, I kept playing it for a bit. Then I stopped for maybe like a year and a half. And just the other day, I tried playing it again. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what to do. 
that's dude it's where i'm at in dark souls 2 it's a shitty feeling too especially when i'm like oh i'm level over 130 something it's like i should be well on my way to just beating this game but i just don't remember where i was and i even have another character that's like level 60 or something it's like god i just need to start from square one beat this goddamn game i know i can do it it's just a matter of putting the time in and it's like fuck maybe i'll do a let's play or something yeah i do kind of like it though because it does show that these games require strategy and if you're if you don't remember the strategies, you're fucked. Like there's no way of get continuing. And it's, oh yeah, it's not like the Prince of Persia game I talked about before, where it's just holding your hand the entire way. Oh yeah, it's a polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I enjoy those games even if they do kind of screw you over if you take a break for more than a month. Yeah, definitely, and that's what I mean. To me, at this point. I might as well just start fresh. I'm I'm such an idiot. But maybe <laughs> maybe I'll come back and just be like, oh, I'll play this character down the road just to do it. But I'm not sure. Yeah, you just, it's a commitment. You got to just stay with it for however long it takes. Yeah, and those games are fun enough for me. Like I, I know that's kind of crazy to say because it is just like you're getting like I don't even know bitch slapped like left and right. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like just the overall um, setting and. I don't even know, just the the graphics and how dark the, the game can get, like, haha, <laughs> Dark Souls. But seriously, yeah, it's like, it's completely grungy as fuck. It's like your worst nightmare. So that's why I like playing that game, because there's nothing quite on its level. And speaking of Dark Souls, man, wait, fuck, is, am I, th- I think on the horizon, I think March of this year, we have Bloodborne coming out. Did you hear about that? No. Dude, all right, I don't know too much about it, but I'm pretty positive it's by the guys, uh, shit. Either from software or whatever, um, they, they're making a new game and it's called Bloodborne, and apparently it's like similar to a Dark Souls esque game. I'm not really sure, but it sounds fucking ridiculous, and I'm really excited. Oh, uh, yeah, I did see the cover art for this, but I, I know nothing more than that, and that it's by the same guys that did Dark Souls. Yeah, so, yeah, that cover looks like pretty insane. Like, he's got, like, in one hand, like, some crazy-looking, like, steampunk, like, shotgun, maybe? And then the other hand, it's, like, a cleaver that's, like, kind of like a Grim Reaper style. I don't even know. So, the weapons, I bet it's just going to be ridiculous. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, with the name Bloodborne, I mean, sounds badass already. Uh, I don't know. I found a screenshot of it. It's from the Alpha, so, you know, it's clearly not finished. But it does look very much like Dark Souls. And yeah. Demon Souls and all those, which is good, but you know, at a certain point, you have the fr- it's like Bioshock and Bioshock Two, first game, the first time you see it, amazing. It's this whole new world. The gameplay's great, and then a lot of people didn't like Bioshock Two, which arguably it's you know basically the same game. So regardless of how good the first Bioshock is, just copying and pasting the second like the same thing into a second game is like. It's good, but, like, we've already seen it. We've already done this. Like, give us something new. Yeah, I hear you. And I guess that's what they're trying to go for. The The new aspect of this is, oh, well, now you got guns now, bro. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, but I don't know. I'm looking at some screenshots here, and they look seriously impressive. Like, the level of detail going into the worlds and maps and stuff has literally gone through the roof. Um, And the, just the artistic... Uh, style of it is very, it's like they finally honed in on their, the potential they have, and it looks just goddamn gorgeous. But it does look like Dark Souls, but you're gonna be able to have guns. Yeah, I mean, it's, it kinda reminds me of 
with Assassin's Creed and all that where it's like, oh, this game is great when it's all melee and swords and maces and axes and stuff. It's like, well, what happens when you introduce range, like guns, like the quick range? And I think it was Assassin's Creed where they limited it so you can only shoot like so fast to like where it was a flint, flintlock pistol and stuff like that. So even though they do introduce guns in this, it might be like that where it's borderline just a bow and arrow like at the speed of yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be because just looking at this, everything about this game literally seems like it's a Dark Souls clone, but just... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just even the enemies and it's just, it's unique, but it's, you can definitely tell it's by the same creators. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh God, I've, Dark Souls, I, is it Dark Souls? I don't know. It might've been Demon Souls. Yeah, it was Demon Souls where I've, it was the first game that made me incredibly sympathetic to the boss. Like not a particular boss or a character, but just bosses overall in video games. Yeah. Cause there's, um, in Demon Souls, for anyone who doesn't know, you have, I think, a blue soul stone, which you can invite, like, people in to help you out with a boss, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know someone's gonna chastise me for it. No, I um, think that's right. It's been, dude, it's been so long since I played, but that sounds right to me. Um, there was a, I believe, a red soul stone as well. I forget what that necessarily was, because the black soul stone was the one where you invade other people's worlds, where you have the black phantom. And depending on the level, like depending on where you're at, the black phantom would either just show up in the map you're already in and just come at you like a regular bo- enemy, but much harder because it's player controlled. Yeah. Um, another time is they'll put you on a platform and just have a duel where it's just the two of you and nothing else. And one of these times I just, I saw it and I was just like, eh, why the hell not? I haven't done this in a while. And I whip out the black stone. And it trans- it takes me to another person's game, but because I was in the area I was in, instead of fighting them as my character, I fought them as the boss of that level. Oh, I remember that, dude. Oh my god. And I think, I'm not sure if that idea carried over into Dark Souls or Dark Souls 2, but that shit was actually really crazy. It might have happened in Dark Souls, or, or I'm not sure, but that is really awesome when that kind of stuff happens. I'm pretty sure it didn't happen in 2, but I didn't play the first Dark Souls. Okay, I... I think it hap- I think that was something that carried over into Dark Souls 1. Someone might have to correct me on that, but I'm pretty positive it did cuz oh, I'm thinking of a specific boss that that happened to me. Oh, I'm going to have to really dig into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it blew me away cuz I I didn't think that was possible. Like that's one of those that genuinely impressed me with uh, yeah. modern gaming. But I immediately became super sympathetic to every boss I've ever fought against cuz the guy I fought was just he was just a poison user, so he would just run up, stab me with a poison dagger, and then run away as the poison yeah. slowly chipped away. Fucking, ah, uh, dude, some of the players you meet on uh, PvP and stuff are the most trolly dickheads in the world. Like, they, like, the, the amount of creativity they have when it comes to how can I kill someone in the most annoying way possible, like, either, like, a, a nauseous gas fume or poison or, like, they literally, they're such, uh, they're so cheap about it. It sucks. <laughs> and that's the thing. I kind of, I don't know why I play like this, but when I play those games, I'm more or less, like, your typical knight. I have a shield in one and I have a sword in the other. I'm not going to necessarily have a spear or an axe or stuff like that. I'm pretty, like, straightforward swordsman, if you want to say. And so when I am ready to duel someone, if it's like a magician or something, I like, I would hope that they're going to like 
play by the rules and just at least like not troll the fuck out of me. But it's like, I typically, when I go into PVP, I'm looking for a legitimate duel to show each other who's like got the skill, not who's got the clever idea to just fucking win a fight and look better like stat wise. Yeah, it, it is annoying, but I think it starts out where you basically just have to fight whoever you're fighting just to survive. And then yeah. once you do it multiple times, you get better and better. And then you're just like, ah, let me just fuck with this guy just to entertain myself. Yeah. But, uh, Demon Souls definitely taught me. I'm just like, I don't know how, but somehow I got, I believe the lava bow, like really early on. And it's oh, one of like nice. the better bows in the whole game. So it was just doing massive damage to really early bosses. And I fully admit, I was a little bitch. Like I just ran around, and hid, and just shot him with the bow, and then ran and then shot it. Like, oh, dude, no, uh, don't get me wrong. For also some of the game, like I mean, oh man, this is stretching me. I don't know if it. I'm pretty sure it was Demon Souls. Uh, either the final boss or something. There was like this giant dragon, and I I don't know if it was that boss or not. But there was this, and you have to always traverse through the mist to get to the boss or whatever. So, but the thing was, you could go up to the edge of the mist and shoot your arrows through the mist and take damage off the boss's health before even walking into the battle. So, like, there were certain, like, crazy glitches and shit, like, me and my friend Sid would figure out. It was ridiculous. So, I don't know. We we pretty much tried to exploit anything we could find. (laughs) And there was also, like, uh, I'm pretty sure in Demon Souls there was, like, a way to farm a lot of souls. I would just go to, like, the... I can't remember the name of the levels, but there, there was like this enemy that would roll at you super fast, and there uh, were skeletons. The, oh, that yeah, yeah the skeleton suck. armor guys. Yeah, they were such a pain in the ass. But uh, there was like a world where, like, right off the bat, there was like three or four or five of them. I would just like run through that, kill them all, and then just restart, like, and get so many souls that way. And especially as, and when the Demon Souls servers were live, I think it was around Halloween time, they had like, oh, double experience for the whole week or shit like that. It was really cool. Yeah, after playing a lot of games, I still contend that Demon Souls is one of the harder, like, I still definitely think it's the hardest of the franchise of Dark Souls, Dark Souls uh, 2 and Demon me Souls. Me too. I definitely would agree. And I wouldn't have beat it if I didn't farm. <laughs> I still haven't beaten it. There's still levels I've ne- I haven't gotten through because it's just insane uh, highly recommend revisiting but you should definitely start from square one like i'm about to with dark souls 2 because and it's such a shame too because i have two seriously leveled up characters and i didn't just beat the game while i was like balls deep into it like i should have just done it so I, like if i were to revisit it, it's like well at least i beat it already now more or less like fuck i have to beat all these bosses i've already beat just to get to the other ones like ah uh. yep and now you know the tricks so some of the bosses are easy but then some of the other bosses, there are no tricks. So you just got to grind and run. And that's the thing, too. It's like, at least it's a new opportunity for a new character. So I'm torn. It's like, well, I did get my feet wet with a magic character. And to me, it felt like, wow, this is super way too easy. I can just stand back and just blast people. So <laughs> to, to me, that's not necessarily fun. So I'm probably going to just go back to sword and bow and arrow. And oh, yeah, I'm also a pyromancer. That always helps out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know with Dark Souls 2, you can summon up, up to two other guys to help you out, uh, especially for bosses. And it, I will say, like, I don't know if I could have beaten it without that, but I, it did feel a little cheap where I was just like, oh, I just summoned two dudes, they aggro the boss, and then I stand in the corner and just shoot him with a bow and arrow. 
Yeah, I I understand the how you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it, but also some of the bosses you won't beat unless you have help. <laughs> oh no. Especially that's what I mean. Like so it's like it's also it's a blessing and it's also just like a eh. Yeah, I'm fully aware of that where some of the bosses are just too hard, but and sometimes you know, even if they aren't that hard, you can just power through them really quick with the two other guys. So even if he was somewhat of a challenge, he's not anymore with two other guys. Yeah. Oh, dude, and another thing about those games, the worst was, like, I'm probably going to go to bed soon. It's like, I've been playing this game all night, trying to beat this boss. This is the last time I'm going to try to take him down. This is probably the last uh, human effigy I have to burn or whatever the fuck, too. So it's like, this is the last time I could even get help from an online resource. So... And then you summon two dudes, you're like, alright, this is the one before bed, I better beat this motherfucker. You walk in, get one-shotted. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other two guys that just got summoned are just like, what? And they're like, they're like, they're like, they're just trolling you, like, what happened, dude? Like, it's like, no. Uh, it's, <laughs> couldn't you have just, like, one-shotted anything or anything else? It's like, it's happened to me before, and it's the most frustrating thing in the entire world especially when yeah and then it's like oh how am i going to get another human effigy or whatever the fuck it is in dark souls 2 i'm so like i have a horrible memory for listeners so when i try to like recap games it's like usually all incorrect (laughs) yeah that's one of the games i didn't feel bad about using a guide not necessarily walk through but a way to like quick reference the items and yeah if you don't have any human effigies it gets really tough so like you need you need to know where to find them easily sometimes. Yeah, and one thing I found was uh, farming rats was your best bet. With, like, certain rings and stuff, um, they increase the chance that they'll drop items. So there was definitely ways about going about it, but it was definitely a pain in the ass. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least in Demon Souls, all of the NPC characters, you would run into a few occasionally throughout the actual levels, but it's not every time. And... You would see them all in the main lobby area where you would go through world to world, level up and get your items. But in Dark Souls, or Dark Souls 2, you would just randomly find characters. And a lot of time they were big monsters. Like one of them was just this like elder dragon. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, I can talk to him, but nothing happens. It's like, well, I guess he's the boss, so let me try to kill him. And it turns out if you don't attack him, you can just walk away. But when you do attack him, you have to fight him. Like he'll never forgive you. And she's like, God damn, like, I could have easily just walked away, but, like, you didn't know if he was the boss or not, so. Oh, dude, well, there's certain things like that in, uh, Dark Souls 1, uh, pretty much there's, um, the one place where you can upgrade your pyromancy flame is, uh, I don't remember the names of the places, but it was, like, down in this fiery area and where, like, the spider lady was, like, dwelling. And pretty much you walk down and, like, there's these creepy-ass humanoid creatures with, like, these egg things growing on their back and they're, like, crawling on the ground. They look disgusting and if you cut one open, like, they burst into these little, like, I don't know, not spiders, but, like, weird little fucking things. Yeah. And, uh, it's just generally gross. But, so... Anyway, you're traversing through this uh, world, and all of a sudden, one of these dudes is right in front of you, but he's different. And it's like, if you don't take notice of the fact that this guy's standing up and the other ones are laying down, like, and you just go and kill him, you're going to, like, completely cut yourself off from even being able to communicate with this one character in the game. But it's because, and I think my first playthrough, when I first originally played Dark Souls, I ran up to the guy, killed him instantly, because I'm like, it's an enemy. But no, it's definitely a guy you can talk to, (laughs) and he's supposed to, like, tell you about... Um, the, once you like 
go into his covenant or whatever, you can then like talk to this giant spider lady and she can help upgrade. Actually, she doesn't really speak, I don't think, or something. There's some kind of, man, my memory's horrible. <laughs> Hopefully our listeners are me. Did you ever get to that point in that game? Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Dark Souls 2? Is it 2? I thought it was 1. I think it's, I'm pretty sure what I'm talking about is happening in Dark Souls 1. Oh, okay, because I know in Dark Souls 2, there's a scorpion man. Like, he's half scorpion. And if you talk to him, he's just gibberish. Like, it's some strange language. But if you buy a certain ring from uh the cat at the, like, Manus's fire, like, the starting area, essentially, if you buy a really expensive ring of translating from her, you can talk to the scorpion guy, and you'll be able to understand him. And he'll help you out with his, I think it's his wife, who's, like, evil now. Uh, so when you fight her, he'll appear and, like, help you out. Ah, interesting. Okay, and, yeah, now it's coming back to me. I, I looked something up. Her name's, well, the the one boss you fight in Dark Souls is called Kalog. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but it sounds like Kellogg's or whatever, like the cereal. Yeah, great. <laughs> You're great. But, uh, yeah, Kalog. It's a Q-U-E-L-A-A-G. Anyway, Kalog's sister is the character I'm talking about, but Kalog's this giant like, imagine, um, the Shelob and, uh, what's the guy from fucking, uh, Harry Potter? Uh, you know that Harry giant- Potter? Oh, uh, no, the, uh, oh. the giant, the giant spider. Oh, isn't it Aragon? A- or something close. Aragon? A- A- Aragog or something. Aragog. It sounds similar to the ranger from Lord of the Rings and the dragon from Aragon. Exactly. Yeah, it does sound... It's Aragog, I believe. Aragog, yeah. Yes. So, Aragog and Shelob. Imagine those, but instead of, it, like, the face being an ugly spider, it's a topless, gorgeous woman. So, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. It's literally, like, a pretty lady with the... Like, from torso up, she's topless, she's, she's good-looking, but then from waist down, she's a giant arachnid monster, like disgusting, like gonna fucking kill you. Sounds and, like a spider centaur. Yeah, literally. I, that's a, one way to put it. I, yeah, that's a good way, a good analogy. But um, so apparently she has a sister. You end up fighting Kalog, and she's a boss, total bitch, and she has like this ability with fire and stuff. And there's this um, you can with her soul, you can craft a uh, Kalog sword, which is actually a sword I recommend you crafting because it's really badass. But, uh, she's got a sister, um, I called the Fair Lady, and she's, like, got this, like, uh, I think, yeah, the name of the covenant is called the Chaos Servant, but you can't join the covenant if you end up killing the, like, ugly, decrepit servant guy that's originally who you have to talk to to even access this covenant. And that's the thing. Don't kill this dude. You have to, it's like, there's no warning either. It's like, oh, he looks like an enemy. Bam, he's dead. And then, it, like, my one friend was like, oh, you needed to talk to that guy in order to upgrade your pyromancy flame. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know with the old games, like, you know, way back, NES and stuff like that, they'll have secrets where it's like, if you don't find the secret, you can't fit, you can't get past this one part. And I feel like they're bringing both the difficulty of the old games and the secrets of the old games back with Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Bloodborne then. I bet it'll be on the same level of challenging. If And I wonder if they're going to have... I wonder... Yeah, it's probably going to also have multiplayer and that kind of online interactivity as well. That should be interesting. I'm sure that's something really unique to them. So if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be them again and improve yeah. on it. But I think the important question is, with the K-Log chick, the spider woman... Is she single? 
Would you? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh no, definitely not. I'm I'm an arachnophobic. And oh, speaking oh. of, <laughs> uh, completely. Like I I just literally I don't understand it. Little spiders will freak me out, and it sucks. But uh, and I've seen some horrendous motherfuckers too. Like even in my own basement, like the size of a human hand, like this like goddamn tarantula looking goddamn thing. And I've killed it with a sledgehammer. That's what it <laughs> took. I, it's not even a joke. This happened in my life. So that's what I mean. I think that might have been a traumatizing moment in life. And I also way back in middle school had a girlfriend who lived way in the boondocks, like deep, deep into the woods. And she had like this random cabin, like, even further into the woods that if you went on like a hike through the woods, you could get there. And I remember visiting this cabin with her and her cousin and her cousin's boyfriend. And Jesus Christ, dude, literally there are these things called jumping spiders or oh, like yeah. wolf spiders. They're like, I think they're, uh, they were these mo- monstrous like tarantulas that jump around. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So that was just, that, that probably is what triggered that, that whole problem I have. <laughs> spiders have some of the most like, wildly varying species of like any other creature on the planet i think so because you know it's not just like oh this one's red this one's blue like they're all super unique like for instance in the amazon there's a bird-eating tarantula oh i've heard of this birds it's fucking crazy good lord (laughs) (laughs) that that is oh that is an abomination i don't (laughs) oh god but uh speaking of uh phobias and stuff uh this is actually our 13th episode, and for all the Triskaidekaphobics out there, hopefully you're listening <laughs> and uh, not just, like, skipping this episode. Oh, I'm a Tauros. I don't know if that applies. What's that? A Tauros? Yeah, oh, you mean the, uh, the, consul- the... Zodiac sign? Yes, Zodiac. What were you what? talking about? Triskaidekaphobia? It's, um, it's the fear of the number 13. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty out there. Like, I'm pretty sure... It's so real that certain buildings, if they have multiple floors, uh, they don't include the number 13 on us on like your elevator or whatnot. Yeah. I think hotels. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I mean, it's still the 14th, I mean, 13th floor if you're on technically number 14, but you're just, just choosing not to acknowledge the fact because of the number. I mean, do you get like freaked out by someone who's had a birthday after 12 years old? Like, do you meet a new teenager and just start screaming? Yeah, that entire year, you just like, <laughs> disown your kid. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, teenagers are terrifying in their own right, so oh. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Man, I look back on my own being a teenager, and wow, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, because it was, uh, when we were younger, it was like right when social media started kicking in, and people were like, oh, you got MySpace, like in middle school, and they're like, oh, you got this, you got that. I was like, no. And I look back, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, I was a smart kid because there's no record of my teenage years. Like I didn't have it online somewhere. And thank Christ. Yeah, dude, you don't got a Zanga or any of those weird oh, no. ones that even most listeners now probably don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. But <laughs> those <were> like, <laughs> uh, that was like a personal diary that I feel like was around maybe even predating MySpace. Not necessarily though. But, uh, it, that was just stupid shit. I never had a Zanga. I did have a MySpace. It was cool. Like, it definitely got my feet wet with HTML, like, ch- changing up your profile and, uh, having different songs and stuff. But ultimately, it, nobody actually would, like, go check out other people's MySpaces. Like, who the fuck cares? You just deck out your own and that's, it's for you. <laughs> 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 but, um, I don't know. And that's the thing, though. I, uh, early, when I was a, 
like, I don't know, in my teens and stuff and during the whole MySpace era, I was in a couple of uh, bands early on and we had our, our music up on MySpace. And now if you go like nowadays, if you even look up anything that was on MySpace, like, I don't even know, maybe like two or three years before like today, it's like completely been wiped. I think um, whoever controls MySpace or whatever just took all the old data and just was like, we're moving ahead and it's all going unless it's like something that has a huge following and a like a really established uh, name. Yeah, slash and burn most of the old accounts. Yeah, pretty positive that's what happened. And it, it kind of sucks too, because that's the only thing that, uh, that's the only place I could have l- accessed the old songs that we put out. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're totally shitty, like metalcore, like nothing special, but I, I'm sure it would have been fun to listen to. Oh God. I'm just like cringing at the thought of old posts or comments or stuff I would have had on mine. Cause a friend made it for me and she made it with a fake email account. And that was back before you had to like use a real one to get the password from the email. Oh so, yeah. So like I deleted everything and it was like, do you want to delete your, uh, your MySpace? It's like, yes. It's like, we sent you an email. It's like, it's not a real account though. You, you <laughs> didn't send it anywhere. Yeah. So I couldn't delete mine. So like it might still be out there somewhere because it was a fake account. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm just. I don't, I don't really care. I'm kind of glad they wiped my old MySpace because nobody needs to see that shit. <laughs> it's, a, if anything, it's kind of like that, uh, app Time Hop. It, it just kind of brings up old things you said on Facebook pretty much. Oh, God. And just reminds you, even just within seven years or whatever, you're how stupid you've been. <laughs> it's really kind of, it's more or less you cringe every time you open that app. It's like, oh, God, what, what now? That would just be like, yeah, that would be like opening up a yearbook. Every like five you know days or something, it's like, oh, why would you do that to yourself? On yeah, well, that's the thing. On the flip side, though, sometimes you'll see like super cool gems, like a photo or something you don't remember doing, or like it's like or a status about a concert you went to that you forgot about, or something like that that it, like rings a bell, and you're like, oh, well, that's cool. But for the most part, you're like, oh God, why did I say that like, <laughs> publicly? <laughs> oh my God. And um, that's the thing, though. It'd be even funnier if they were able to like, well, knowing that MySpace is. Like not then it's not dead, but all the old data's gone. It would have been cool if they could have done like a time hop for like MySpace because God, that would have been even more like dreadful. <laughs> oh god, if they could like link all your old accounts from old websites you've had. Oh fuck, that's just scary. Let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, nobody knows. I can't even imagine how many email addresses I've made and abandoned. <laughs> now that I've actually like graduated and I'm looking for jobs. I have my Gmail, which is the one I use for like employers and actual important stuff I'm going to read. And then I still have my old AIM email address. And that's for just like crap where it's like, you know, sign up and get a free 30 day trial. And I'll just use that. So I can get nice. a 30 day trial without spamming my real email. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I definitely have multiple emails with the same kind of purpose. <laughs> oh God. It's just, I don't even know why I like, even look at the emails that come to the AIM one. Cause like, I know it's just garbage. Like I yeah. delete on site. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes though, you never know if it's like a, Oh, 99% off. <laughs> oh God. I was pissed. Cause one time I ordered a, ordered something on Amazon online while I was in college. And the next day I got an email from like FedEx saying like, yeah, we tried to deliver your package. Like I was like, Oh, maybe they got a you know shipping center close by. So I was able to go with him one day. 
and I clicked on it and it was like, download this stuff. You get the redeeming code to go pick up your package at the FedEx center. It's like, yeah, sure. This seems right. Boom. Virus. It was like a, had a, I think my what? roommate said it had a root kit in it. Oh so, no. And a key logger. So it, yeah. it copied oh, everything I wrote. Oh, that's terrible shit, dude. Yeah, that's exactly what hackers want installed on your machine. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, luckily I didn't have much, and my roommate saw it because he was a computer science major, and he's just like, dude, you're fucked. Like, just, just start over. So I had yeah. to buy Windows 8 again, like, on a separate disk and just redo my whole computer. Yeah, it, that's what I would have recommended, too. That shit's not cool. It was... I think it was like the third time I've had to reboot my whole computer. I'm not smart, guys. Anyone listening out there, don't get the impression that I'm on Doug and Matt's level of intelligence. Well, I'm, I'm not on Matt's level by any stretch, <laughs> but uh, definitely, I definitely, the thing is with hacking, I've, I've d- delved into it a little bit, but I just know better than to go full time because that shit's just scary. But, uh, basically the keylogger idea is, let's imagine, this is all hypothetical, wink, wink. But um, say, <laughs> but say like you want access to passwords. If you have access to a public place like a library or a computer lab, and you are capable of installing a keylogger onto, say, any of the machines, there's these keylogger um applications work. You can hide this software to the point that even if you look on your running, if you go to your task manager to see what's running, it won't show up. It's not showing up in your program files or like when you search your computer, it's installed and completely hidden. But the way you'd pull one of these up is like a special key combination. So I don't know, like control alt space R or something like something ultra random, like a bunch of weird keys all at once. And then the key logger will come up. So, and then say, you had this installed for a, a couple days now and you come back and, and have access to it. It'll have in a text file all the keystrokes that have, have been in, inputted into the machine. And the thing is like that it's kind of handy because it's like, yeah, they're going to, it's going to have all the data you need, but it's just a big mess. So like if you're like you're typing and there's a bunch of backspaces or all this other random characters and shit, it just looks like a bunch of mumbo jumbo. But then when you start looking, through this text file and being like, oh, well, here's a URL. And then, oh, well, this is obviously a username or an email. Oh, and here's their password. And it's pretty goddamn blatant to be able to get this information. So it's it's really scary not knowing if, like, your machine has a keylogger. But it's also, I feel like the reason they exist is more or less for people that are like, Oh, I don't, I want to know what my kids are doing or something. Or I, 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 I'm worried that my wife is cheating on me. Install a keylogger and find out like stuff like that. But more or less, it's like, I want your password and I'm going to get access to all the stuff you don't want me to have access to. Yeah. Luckily, I don't, I think I noticed right away that something was wrong when I downloaded the thing and I didn't go to any sites that like needed passwords and stuff. Good. So good. Good. I think I was able to avoid like anything getting corrupted. You know, besides my entire computer, but like any, uh, accounts or anything. Yeah. Definitely, um, really glad that that's the case because if that's a thing though, and for most people that would have went through that, they might not have known and all their information is completely available to a malicious source. So keep, keep your eyes and ears out for keyloggers, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to, uh, defend against, but, uh, I, at least I can give you guys some information on that if you didn't have any background. Yeah, 
and if you order something on Amazon and the next day you get an email from something that looks like FedEx, don't believe them. Yeah. You can't believe anything these days. It sucks. Yeah. Keyloggers, I can kind of understand, like, the concept for computers because, I mean, it's all digital and there's programs that do every, like, programs can access everything in a computer. But I've seen pictures online of ATM machines having people putting plates over top of the actual keypad and it's almost like a physical keylogger where you type it in and it sends your PIN number. It's redundant. You send your PIN to whoever put it there. So they're able to like physically record whatever your numbers are that you're wow. putting in. And like the only way pe- it like fits the mold of the ATM perfectly, like down to the centimeter, it just covers the keys. And the only way they were able to identify it was, uh, it didn't have braille on the numbers. Oh, what? I think every ATM has to have braille on it by law. And because these didn't, that was the only way they know. And they pried it open and they saw that it was fake. Holy shit. That's insane. And that's a new one. I never actually heard of that. But even just all my local news came home from work the other day. And uh, the main story that they were talking about is hacking cars. And I mean, we've talked about um, how... We were worried about uh, the self-driving cars and stuff in a previous episode, but this is even just this is not even just uh, self-driving cars. This is just your everyday average car. Lots of them have computers in them these days. They have Wi-Fi. They have or not Wi-Fi, but like they have all these different uh, Bluetooth and other uh, different um, digital components. Yeah, digital components. But uh, and it's and apparently people are starting to figure out how to literally take control of your car. Without like without your consent, you could be driving, and then they have control of wh- the trajectory of your vehicle, and that's kind of, that's pretty fucking scary. So what's next? It's like okay, you guys can steal my pin number or pin for my bank account. You guys can steal my passwords. You can change the trajectory of where I'm driving. Like how how do we battle something like this? It's it's a show I haven't gotten too into, and I really want to revisit it because it seems so great. But it reminds me of uh, Ghost in the Shell, the anime. Yeah, I want to revisit it too. I've only read a comic or two, I think. I just remember one episode. It was one of those shows I was on a Adult Swim and Toonami late at night, so you'd catch it, you know, midnight when you don't have school the next day. Yeah, yeah. And it's in the future where everyone, not everyone, but most people are cyborgs, where they have computers of some varying degree implanted into their body. So, um, there's one guy who has, uh, cybernetic eyes. And one of the hackers hacks into his eyes. And what? essentially, he doesn't blind him, but he's able to manipulate the faces of who he sees. So the hacker runs right in front of him and, like, waves in his face. But the guy can't see his face because the hacker, like, put a like a goofy logo or something over it. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know what that reminds me of? I mean, segue after segue. <laughs> but uh, it reminds me of Deus Ex Human Revolution. Did you get a chance to play that game? Oh, yeah. That, that's exactly what it's like, like the degree of cyborg implants. Yeah, that shit is crazy. I actually just started up a new game of that last night just because I'm thinking that's what I originally was thinking I should do a Let's Play of because that game's super fun, and I'm going to probably end up doing it on the hardest level and stuff. <sighs> Good luck. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need it. <laughs> I remember there's one upgrade for it, um, where you can upgrade the guy's arms so he can punch through walls and like just snap a guy's neck or just like choke him out, like through the wall, like a weak spot in the wall. You didn't really ever need to use it in the game at any point, 
But when you could use it, it was just really fun. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> that shit's awesome. Yeah, that game overall, yeah, the, the technology in that game is ridiculous. Like the, I loved being able to like see through walls and all that kind of shit. Yeah, I remember some people were pretty pissed about the ending. I won't spoil anything, but, um, throughout the game, it kind of has RPG elements. I wouldn't really call it an RPG, but you can make choices that affect certain uh, parts of the game. Yeah, it's, you could definitely map it all out on paper. Yeah, and at the end, uh, it had a limited number of choices, I think four, which in all honesty is about two more than I usually expect from a game. Yeah, no, me too. That makes perfect sense to me. I'm like, it's either a good ending or a bad ending, but this one, they gave you four different options, and I think I only played two? I I, I forget. I think one was like, help society, like, be more human. The other one was like, help society be more robotic. Then there was like a middle ground. And then I think the fourth one is just like, walk away. Just not my problem and just leave. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think in order to even get those options, though, you have to play the game a certain way. Because I think on maybe the first time I ever played that game, I got to the very end and one of those options wasn't even available. Yeah, I think there's certain characters that need to live through the ending. And if they're not there, you can't do it. Exactly. That reminds me of Mass Effect, one of my favorite franchises. And people were so pissed by the ending. Like, it it was huge by how mad people were. And I took the minority opinion, and I actually enjoyed the ending. Because, nice. Because the game is all about choices and how your choices affect the game and then carry over into the sequels. So one of your choices in the first game won't even appear until the third game. You won't even see the results. So it there's t- like thousands of choices that you can make between those three games. And people were pissed that they didn't factor into the ending because the ending was three options. Two very obvious ones and then a third hidden one. And then people were so mad and just bitched about it constantly. Just constant bitching. Uh, that Bioware actually released DLC for a fourth option. And in my, I, I heard about the people complaining before I finished the game. Okay. So I tried to think of the worst possible scenario. Like, that could be for the ending, and that's why everyone's so mad. Turns out, that was what the DLC was. Like, I thought that was the worst choice. (laughs) So you're predicting, like, you're like, all right, what could the worst thing be? And it's not what you're expecting. And then they release a DLC of what you called? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And people were actually happier with the DLC. (laughs) That just goes to show that, oh, man, you're just not on page with the general consensus for this. But uh, we're going to have to talk off air to fill me in on that, because I don't want to spoil it. I'll just say this. It's not too much of a spoiler. But I think the DLC, I'll just say the DLC ending, I call it just the little bitch ending. (laughs) because <laughs> you have like the fate of the universe and the dlc gives you the choice of just sitting down like crossing your arms and just going no i'm not doing anything it's not my problem and then nothing happens oh jesus so That's... it's so it literally makes all three games utterly useless nothing what? you did was important <laughs> at all and this is the ending people were screaming for we're like give it to us and then they get it and they're like thank you <laughs> I guess i don't know if they're necessarily asking for exactly that but they were happier with the DLC than they were with the original three endings. And I, I don't get it. No, that, I think that is literally, um, a massive troll <laughs> on another level of trolling. <laughs> I mean, Bioware did it begrudgingly. They didn't want to do it, but so many people were just berating them online and emails and phone calls that are just like, fine, here it is, you little shit. Like, <laughs> it's just a spoiled brat whining until he got his prize. God, that's funny, dude. Oh, man. 
we can make a whole episode of me just ranting about Mass Effect because I love it and I hate people who rail against the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get into that series. I'm just glad that uh, it's even available on PS3 and stuff because I think just not that long ago they got the rights to release that on PlayStation. So I'm so glad. Did they get all three of them? Because I know. Yeah, them. yeah. In fact, I was in GameStop the other day and I saw the trilogy one, two, and three as a PlayStation collection. Okay, good. Because I knew when they first came out, the first one wasn't available on PS3. Yeah. So they, which is like, I need to start with the first one. Yeah. So they made it for the second one. Uh, they gave you a little interactive comic book, which just boiled down to like the biggest like twenty choices, and then you just decided what happens. So it's just a real brief synopsis and. I'll admit, the first one isn't great, like, especially combat, it's really stiff. Okay. But I do think you need to play all three of them to get the full impact of the story. No, I definitely, I, I'm on board with that. I don't really mind going back to kind of what some people would call dated, and honestly, like, I'm talking seriously dated, like, Mist and, like, yeah, yeah. Shogo <laughs> Mobile Armor Division and stupid shit. So, like, that's ultra-dated. So to be able to go back to, like, Mass Effect, that's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be fine with that then. Yeah. But, uh, well, another thing, I saw, uh, this crazy fucking video released by Boston Dynamics. Like, you know, in Deus Ex, how they had those, like, four-legged robots that kind of would walk around and they, they acted like as a security bot or something and they would shoot you. The, the fucking, I don't even know, the engineers at Boston Dynamics have created this robot and it's this is what i've been saving for like uh, to show you hold on i'll send you a link this is literally the craziest shit ever they call it spot because it looks like a dog so the the video is called introducing spot i'm definitely going to include it in the show notes i just sent you a link let me know what you think but this thing is so ridiculous like typically when we're talking robot development like We don't really have anything super impressive these days. I've seen some crazy videos of, like, humanoid robots, but this is a four-legged kind of... I don't even know how to... Like, it kind of resembles a dog, but it's massive. Like, it's, like, up to your waist level and a giant robot, and the legs are kind of at an angle that it's capable of sustaining a hit. Like, so basically, in the video, it shows the people who've created it it's walking by you. They literally try to kick it over and the thing recovers. It won't fall over. And then they'll, it'll, it also shows it going up a flight of stairs, walking, <laughs> walking some in- extreme terrain. Like, I'm not even kidding. It's like unbelievable that this thing is even capable of maneuvering itself. I, I'm like literally speechless. So I definitely, I implore listeners to go look at look at this video and just be amazed at where we are in our uh, moving forward with robotic technology. It just makes me think that um, the era of androids is just just around the corner. It's it's amazing to see it start walking, and it the video starts with its predecessors, like this big clunky. I think they called it Big Cat was like the bigger one, and it yeah. was a lot of outdoor stuff. And then the Spot one is the smallest one so far, which is incredible. It's that small and that compact already. But it's just walking down the hallway of like an office building and then out of nowhere it walks by a cubicle and this dude just kicks it in the side. <laughs> yeah. He just he looks like, like an asshole. Yeah, dude. He just looks like, yo, know, where, where's like the abuse hotline for like AI? Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this guy just like kicked the shit out of this thing. I didn't see that coming at all, but I, I understand why it's just to show that 
wow, dude, when you do like just try to knock it over, it recovers like no problem. I, I it's, and that's the thing. You're thinking, oh, a four legged robot, it's going to be clunky. If you try to kick it over, it's just going to fall right over. No, this thing is really technologically advanced. It's, it's pretty shocking. Yeah. I'd recommend anyone to just look up Boston Dynamics and watch some of their other videos. Cause I believe they have the sand flea. I think they called it where it just looks like a little RC car, like just big clunky plastic looking wheels. But then it stops and uh, reverts on its hind legs on this like clip sort of thing. And it jumps like three stories. What? Like it's this little tiny car and it can just flip through the air and just land on top of buildings. Good God. That's insane. Yeah. It, and then, I think Google bought out Boston Dynamics, and I'm pretty sure I heard Google buying out other robotics companies. And, like, if Skynet's happening, it's going to be Google. Yeah, of course. It is. Oh, my God. But then again, if Google keeps doing stuff like with the last April Fool's, they put in uh, Pokemon on the Google Maps. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. What? Uh, For April Fool's, if you went and to use Google Maps, I think at certain points... It was, uh, it was like Pokemon, like the maps in the game. Yeah, Pallet Town and. <laughs> yeah, and they would have little Pokemon on the roads and stuff, like as icons. And if you found all of them, they would send you a certificate for being like a Pokemon master. Oh my god, that's cool. So, like, if they keep doing stuff like this, and like this could even relate back to an earlier episode we talked, like Google kind of is a monopoly on the search engine. I mean, it's not the sole search engine. But it's the only one people use. It's a verb now. Like It's the only one people take seriously. Yeah. So if Google does become like this just colossal monopoly goliath of a company, like I'm not against if, it. If, if. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're already there. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm not super opposed to it as I would be with other stuff like AT&T and Verizon because Google's doing it right. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you dig deep enough, you can find some shady, sh- yeah, shady shit on Google and you know, some, you know, bad business practices yeah. they've done. But, but the like, thing is, they can do that on everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Find shady shit on every single person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without, yeah, you can use Google to find out the dirty information on Google. <laughs> so, I mean, at least they're fair and open about it. Yeah. But there, I'm sure there's some behind closed doors shit we have no idea about. Yeah, but I mean, so far, if there's any company that's going to take over the world and like rule everything, like I- I'm fine with it being Google. I'm not against that. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, I'm impartial. <laughs> <laughs> it's like as long as my life doesn't change. You don't want to say anything too slanderous in case they're listening right now. Oh sure, yeah. Can't can't say fuck. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> whoever it may be. Oh man. But uh oh, and another thing, I guess this is pretty much the last thing I really have to bring up, but uh actually I'm not going to bring that up. That's off limits. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, it's a it's a project that hopefully I'll be able to talk about on the show, but it's not going to be launched for a few months. So, and I'll just I'll explain a little bit of what the problem is, but I won't explain what the idea is. I found a domain that I really like, and it it applies to the idea. It's everything I wanted, and it's a .io uh, domain. So, and the thing is, I was looking. Oh, all my other domains are registered with GoDaddy. So I'm like, okay, I want to get this with GoDaddy. Can't seem to find it for some reason. I probably could have tried searching a little harder, but I didn't. And what what I did find was an, an alternative called Namecheap, 
and I was able to get it for a good price, and I was like, boom, it's mine. At least I have it. If I need to transfer it to GoDaddy, I will. The problem is, I want to transfer it to GoDaddy, and I can't, because apparently there's like this 60-day, if it's a newly registered domain, you cannot transfer the domain within a period of 60 days. So, and it really, it's, it's not Namecheap's fault. It's not GoDaddy's fault. It's, um, ICANN, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. Like, I don't know why they made it such a s- steep stipulation. It's like 60 days, two solid months until you're able to transfer or do anything like that. I mean, it, I guess it, and I was looking it up because I'm like, how long has this been going on? And it's been since, like, 2006, so <laughs> I'm like, Jeez. man, we're, like, going on, like, 10 years. It's like, can't you guys at least just cut it down to, like, 30 days? Like, something reasonable. Like, uh, 10 would be, uh, like, ideal, but honestly, 60 days, it really, it's kind of fucking me in the ass because I want to get started on this project, and I can't for two months now. I mean, it gives me the time to get more... um brainstorming done on the logistics of it all but that, that's not the point it's like i want to get started i want to get this ball rolling and i can't oh, yeah i wonder what the reason is behind <laughs> the, oh i'm sorry i have to say this because wow i didn't realize this it's like i just said i want to be able to do this and i can't it's like the name of the 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 or corporation or whatever responsible is i can and i can't so there's some serious irony right there there you go <laughs> but yeah i wonder what the reasoning behind the wait limit is like I understand why you have to wait a few days before getting a gun. It's because they're doing a background check on you and making sure you're not crazy, which they're not doing well enough. But like, <laughs> what do you do with a website? Like, yeah, I, it's just more or less uh, unnecessary. Like, this is a regulation that you must follow, and all the it's every website follows it. It's not, like that's what I mean by it's not name cheap or GoDaddy's fault. It's by no means they're just fu- doing things by the rules it's just i can is limiting us but with like such a uh, to me that just uh, if our listeners have a better understanding of this and can explain to me why it would take 60 days please fill me in but to my knowledge it seems like it could probably easily be done in a much more reasonable time frame but i don't think well I don't, since it hasn't been addressed since 2006 i don't foresee it being addressed uh anytime soon I know the le- legislation for new media is just a goddamn clusterfuck, uh, especially with the internet, because it's just such a weird concept and just so different than what we're used to, and especially just because it's so new. It's arguably within the last 30, 40 years, it's, and I know just now they're starting to um, finalize cell phone laws, like certain laws regarding cell phones, which we've had for longer than the internet, but it just the government and legislation just it takes so long to work out all the finite details and just the nitty-gritty little stuff because they have to work out every scenario that it could happen and it uh, it's probably just one of those like you said 2006 is probably just an outdated idea where back then it was necessary but now it isn't yeah and to be honest that all just sounds kind of futile (laughs) yeah You, you know yeah i mean I'm also like the the government shouldn't even necessarily get involved. It's like you guys aren't going to be able to tackle this horse. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of GoDaddy, I remember GoDaddy, GoDaddy was actually a supporter of uh, SOPA, and uh, I forget what the other one is, but it's essentially the net neutrality laws or the anti net neutrality uh, legislation, rather. 
that the government was trying to pass. And GoDaddy was a supporter of it initially. And then they saw how big of a backlash they got from being outspoken against it. And then they pulled out their support. Oh, wow. I didn't actually didn't know that. I think it was Cata, C-A-T-A maybe was the other name. It's essentially the SOPA bill. It's just the same name. They just changed yeah. the name of it constantly to try and push it again. They're like, well, this didn't work. Let's put a mask on it. That didn't work. Let's give them a funny hat. Like, Yeah, literally a bunch of assholes. It's like, how can we just like redecorate and then uh, submit again? Exactly. But um, in GoDaddy's case, they weren't too worried about net neutrality because they could still – they're not in the business of the internet. They're in the business of selling domain names. So yeah. they can still s- sell people stuff whether or not there's net neutrality or there isn't. It's just the people they, their customers are going to get screwed over by the internet providers. Exactly. And if they care about their customers, they wouldn't be for it. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, uh, it'd be like Ford or Dodge or like an automotive company selling cars to people. And then the government shuts down the roads. It's like, well, we can still sell cars. You can't use those cars, <laughs> but we can still sell them. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Yeah. I'm usually known for how. God awful my analogies can be. <laughs> no, that was a spot on one. So good shit. So, yeah, I, I'm known for some bad analogies myself. <laughs> well, I believe I compared in high school, I compared wearing high heels, which look good, but are uncomfortable to a puppy with leprosy, which looks good, but has leprosy. <laughs> Jesus. Don't, yeah, that one's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, uh, listeners. I looked it up. Puppies can't get leprosy. They're fine. Oh, yeah. Nice. Fun That's fact good. though. Armadillos do have leprosy. They're not affected by it, but the bacteria on armadillos is the leprosy virus. What? So they literally live with it on them? Yeah, it's sort of like how koalas have uh, hepa. No. What? They, uh, koalas have some sort of STD. It's <laughs> Are not, you serious? I don't think it's syphilis. I think that's like too extreme, but it's like a milder STD. Chlamydia. Yeah. Chlamydia, that's it. Oh my god, you're not... I, I was just joking. No, you're that is me, it. You can get the clap from a, a fucking koala. I mean, you don't have to fuck the koala to get it, but yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it probably wouldn't help. Just just like a casual makeout session? <laughs> no, I think it's actually... I mean, I don't know if it's like their saliva or maybe if they just scratch you. But I know uh, leprosy is on the shell of the armadillo. So like, if the shell scratches you and it gets into your bloodstream... You can contract leprosy that way. Good lord. Well, yeah. now, and uh, to be honest, these are two creatures I initially would have thought completely harmless. <laughs> <laughs> completely harmless. If not cute. Well, not an armadillo, but a koala bear at least is damn cute. And I, it's like, oh, I'd probably want to go cuddle that thing. But not anymore, man. You got, you've been, you've been around town. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly they can show you a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, there's some animals where it's it's bacteria that doesn't affect them, but it affects us. So, oh, yeah. That I, makes sense. I think originally they believed Komodo dragons had so much bacteria in their mouth, they thought they were poisonous, but they weren't. The bacteria was just so deadly and infectious to the animals they bite. But I think they did find out Komodo dragons do have a degree of venom in them, but it's just... That's not the main killing factor of them. Yeah, the main killing factor is they're the closest thing to a goddamn dragon on Earth. It's a giant <laughs> fucking lizard. Yeah, and it's got teeth and it's going to fuck your day up. Oh, man. 
Oh, well, this is probably the final thing. I have to mention it because it happened today. I was at work, so it's not like I got to enjoy this. But I'm very grateful that the internet blew up and was allowed, like, let, shared this with me. But um, for any of you metal fans out there, like, this is a pretty established name in the metal scene. Uh, Killswitch Engage. The guitarist from Killswitch Engage was on The Price is Right today, February 10th. And it's just ridiculous because he totally won like the whole deal. Like he walked away with two, like a car, a truck, and like the showcase. Like he made out like a goddamn bandit. I'm pretty sure his overall winnings was over like fifty three thousand dollars, and like the internet was just going crazy. He won the showcase showdown. Yes, literally. And it was like, I, I watched the recap of everything, and it was so funny. He was just such a, and it's like you know how. um well, it's not Bob Barker anymore. It's Drew Carey. But you know how he gives you the opportunity to like have a shout out when you're spinning the showcase w- wheel and be like, "Oh, do you have anything you want to say to anybody?" Like all the people before him, like this the guy. This guy's going last, but all the people before him are like, "Oh, my my brother, my sister, my husband, my blah." And then this guy comes on. And he's like, "Yeah, I want to I want to say hi to my dog Steve. What's up?" And then it was like, yeah. and it was like, and by dog, like he meant like wolf, wolf, dog, like. <laughs> That, that's so, what I thought, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, like, who names their dog Steve? That's awesome. So, and he's saying hi to him on The Price is Right. Like, this is hilarious. And yeah, dude, it was just like, honestly, I I probably would have seen this episode, had no idea that this guy was the guitarist of Killswitch Engage, and been rooting for him the whole time. But now that I even, that I know that that's his background, it's like, I, not only am I glad that you won, it's just like, I've been listening to music for years, It's it's awesome. And yeah, of course... I haven't been listening to them for like the past probably like, I don't know, five or six years, but I revisited their music. And let me tell you, it was a nostalgia. Like, uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> now I just really want to hear a metal version of like the theme song or like the Plinko music. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, uh, the, the one song that sticks out for me from Kill Switch Engage that our listeners should check out is, uh, My Curse. That was on one of the Guitar Heroes, maybe Guitar Hero 3? I don't remember, but that's pretty, it's pretty awesome that they're that recognized of a band. And that, yeah, and it's really cool that he won the prices right. Good for that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know my buddies listened to them in high school, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised he was allowed on the show. Cause I know people who work for CBS or like any of their family members. They're not even allowed inside the Price is Right uh, studio, let alone playing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, to to be honest though, he's he's definitely famous, but not like famous enough. Like I said, like it's not like I'd recognize this guy's face unless I was like a super kill switch engage like aficionado. But um, he he. The thing about him though, he's pretty well known in the whole metal community. He's helped with other artists like producing albums like As I Lay Dying, uh, Every Time I Die, uh, like a bunch of really well known names. So I wonder if he went with somebody, like if he went with his mom or something and they just happened to call his name and he just happened to win everything. Yeah. Well, it seems like he was with maybe his girlfriend and I'm not sure if any of the other bandmates were there, but it's just ridiculous. I'm pretty sure, uh, I think maybe the vocalist was there and he was like tweeting about it like the whole time being like, this is ridiculous. My guitar player is like winning the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I'm just thinking of like metalheads in the price is right, I just imagine like a gr- bunch of old women on the left side of the audience. A few Marines on the right side of the audience, and then dead center in the audience is like Guar fans or something. Just someone who's like crazy dressed <laughs> up. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> and yeah, I'm looking at this one tweet. It's actually from Roadrunner Records, the record company that produced, I think, some of Killswitch Engage's albums. Uh, they tweeted, uh, "We're going to the showcase," and it's a picture. I'm like, it, it's just, it's so awesome. I'm definitely going to include it in the show notes. <laughs> 
That's great. I mean, they got to do like some sort of song or cover or something. Dude, they have to do something just like, it's just, yeah, maybe make an entire music video using the two cars you won. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just went all their winnings and like he's riding on the jet ski, like through the Cancun hotel he's staying at or whatever. Yeah, literally. Yeah. His, I think that's the thing. The, the vacation was like something in the desert. I'm like, that actually doesn't sound that fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go somewhere and be very dry and hot and crave water all the time? Like, come to the Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I think we should probably wrap this one up, man. I think we've been going a little while. All right. <laughs> I think enough people have listened to us just rattle on about, God, I, I had a list of topics, didn't get to a single one of them. Yeah, dude, I've, I, I only like sorted, sorted towards the end was like, oh, maybe I should start hitting on a few of these, but it, it, it worked out. I feel like it's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty but, solid uh, episode. As, as solid as our show can be. <laughs> <laughs> About as solid as a cup of jello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why it's called Almost Better Than Silence, because you never know what to expect on this weird fucking show. Oh, what if we just had one episode that was just silence? Oh my god. And then like, yeah, it'll be our, it'll be our intro and then literally 60 minutes of silence and then our outro. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys look be, forward to that. Yeah. Episode 100. We'll see. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> episode 100. We give up. Done. <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Always, um, try to, try to, um, give us a rating on or a review on iTunes if you get the chance. We'd really appreciate it. We have a Twitter, our handle's ABT Silence, and we have Facebook, and you can always email at us at almostbetterthansilence at gmail.com. Uh, anything else to say? Check out the Facebook and try to argue why the Mass Effect ending was bad, and I'll prove you wrong. Yes, please, interact with us. We need your engagement. Now I'm just taking the angry fans. Come at me. Yell yeah. at me. Nice. All Starting right. Starting flame wars. <laughs> nice. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Take care. See you.